The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Sayam, and today we are here to talk about how to grab your prospect's attention using creative strategies. We've been there. You send all of these messages. You're just getting nothing in the pipeline. You're not getting replies. Sometimes you got to think outside the box to get them to come into you, get come inbound and actually reply to you. So we're going to be showing you all of that and so much more. So I'm very excited. Now, as always, we'd love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Throw it in the chat. Let me see it. We're usually worldwide, so it's great to see some of these. And let's let's uh, go. Also, be sure that your chat is set to everyone. So do me a favor, click that blue button and just select everyone. That way we can actually see what you post. If it's not that, we won't see it. So be sure to do that. Now, today, I have two amazing guests joining me here today. I have Caspian Luke from, he's a gong, he's a senior SDR, and I also have AJ he is an account executive all at Chili Piper. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is uh, then for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Yeah. Now, Caspian, help me understand, how has including humor helped improve your personalization? Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, I'll say I am very happy to be here. And humor, I think, is a great way to, number one, stand out from the crowd uh, and help your messages not only be opened, but also be read. And number two, it can help make them more impactful. If you're able to tie a little bit of humor and a little bit of personalization to the value prop of your company and your prospects' business pains, higher likelihood that you will be able to get that meeting and ultimately close that deal. So love, it's very impactful. Love to hear that. It is super valuable. Well, we are guys, we're going to get into that and so much more. So be sure to stay in till the end. Now, I'm already seeing that our chat is blowing up. We got Lola here from Turkey. Welcome, Lola. It's great to have you here. We have McKinley from Dallas, Texas. A great place. And Jace from Austin, Texas. Thank you guys so much for joining. And let's get right into it. But before we do, I want to let you guys know, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help you. Sell Better, the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, our membership with instant access to training and resources, and our corporate sales training for your team is what can help take you guys to the next level. So be sure to check us out at sellbetter.xyz or scan this QR code to see what we are all about. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without the help of our partners. So big shout out to Vidyard and Gong. Now, you guys know I always love giving the drop of the day. And it is going to be how to write cold emails that convert. It's another show that's taking place on February 7th at 2 p.m. So be sure to tune in. It's going to be with Will Allred and James Buckley. Two legends right there. Nice. So what are we going to be speaking about today? I want to tell you guys, but before I do, who is in the room? Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs, frontline managers, or senior leadership? Be sure to fill this out. It helps me tailor the conversation. If I'm seeing more SDRs, I'm putting SDR questions. AE, AE questions. So fill this out for me, and we can get this conversation off to a bang. Now, we're going to be covering how you guys can put in different spins on your cold emails, those LinkedIn messages, should or shouldn't you pitch slap? And then lastly, what kind of content that you should be uh, sending that's actually going to resonate with them with that little bit of a humorous twist. So let's get right into it. Now I'm seeing already off of the poll that we have 
a lot of SDRs in the room and some AEs. Caspian, does this surprise you? Uh, no, I mean, SDRs are the real go-getters of the sales world. So no offense, AJ, but uh, yeah, SDRs are where it's at. So I'm, <laughs> I agree. I'm an I SDR agree. at heart for <laughs> <laughs> we've all been in SDRs at some point, you know, yeah. and, and they definitely make a big point, a big place in sales. So love to see it, guys. Welcome. So if you want to really make your cold email stand out, you got to do it in a way that's very impactful. AJ, how do you like formatting your emails so that it does make this impact? Yeah. I mean, I think like not to beat a dead horse, if you guys have already heard this before, but like personalization is like absolutely king. And especially I feel like nowadays, like you're going to get it lost in a sea of outreach. And like the person that you're trying to reach out to is going to have a hundred different emails from a hundred different SDRs. And it's like, how do you stand out against those other SDRs? And it's really like showing the prospect that you actually know them. So I try and keep my first line of the email, the most personalized, even subject line, like personalized. So they know like, I wrote this for you in particular, not a mass email that I sent out. Um, so I would do like more personalization, less volume personally. And then I really try and like format things. So I'll do, you know, super personalized in the first one, let them kind of know like how other customers are, are experiencing these certain problems, see if it resonates with them. And then something I've been doing recently is my ask has really changed from, and this might be different because I'm not, you know, an SDR. And I don't get comped on demos <laughs> or on meetings, but like my ask has gotten a lot softer. So instead of like, Hey, do you want to book some time? Or do you have like a few minutes uh, later this week? It's like open and checking this out. Or like, are you open to hearing some ideas? Just like straight value, not asking for the meeting. If it resonates with them, I'll let them kind of be like, Hey, can we like talk about this? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Mm. I really like that the the ask isn't as immediate, mm -hmm. right? Because I think a lot of people don't put enough deposits in with their prospect before they're asking for a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So it's it's I like how you're just opening up the conversation. That's all it yeah. is. I'm now, just like hey, like open to hearing some ideas. Or yeah, like, that's all it is. Happy to send know? over some thoughts. <laughs> and Caspian, I'm seeing here that we do have a lot of AEs and also some senior leadership. For those who want to format their emails correctly, especially on those sales engagement tools, what do you recommend they do? Yeah, it's a great question. So to kind of piggybacking off of AJ's point, I think starting off with a very personalized line and something that shows you've done a bit of research on them specifically is important. Uh, typically, then I go into uh, why I'm reaching out to them specifically, right? So once you've tailored it to them personally, has their company undergone a significant amount of growth? Have there been, you know, unfortunately, right now there's been a lot of layoffs. Like if there's some specific reason for why your why you feel your company should reach out um, to them and why it's relevant to them, put that in the second paragraph, right? Like why you're reaching out. Thirdly is your company's unique value prop. So you've addressed some challenge that their company might be going through in the second section. Why is your company relevant to theirs in the mm -hmm. third section? And then finally, your call to action. And of course, each of those points can be debated, but I really start with like personalization, why are reaching out, uh, your company's value prop, and then the call to action. But I do think AJ has a good point where call to action creation is an art, right? Sometimes you want to be more firm mm -hmm. uh, as an SDR, right? I need to get meetings before the end of the month. So I might start off a little bit softer, but as things come up to the 30th of 31st, 
it is important to be a bit more direct or it can be right. It is truly an art. Sure. Actually, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. Put a one in the chat. If you guys have felt the heat of that end of the month where your, your cold emails start getting a little more <laughs> poking the bear, like, Hey guys, you're going to get this meeting or what? <laughs> now, AJ, when it comes to humor, how do you like to include it in your cold emails? So I think there's like, there's different channels that are kind of appropriate for like different things. I would personally say like, I try to, and I, and I kind of like switch this around to see like what works best. Recently, I've been finding that like people are kind of on edge nowadays. Mm-hmm. Granted, because it's like a ton of layoffs. It's probably like the worst time to be in tech sales. I don't know, but that's a hypothesis I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so a lot of people are like on edge. So coming in with just like a, a meme or something off the first, like off the rip, I feel like people are just like, dude, like my whole team just got fired. Like, please stop joking around. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like lead with like something like a value. If I kind of like can feel them out, then like, as it's warming up, like I'm happy to like send over some jokes or like put in a little bit of like humor in there. I think LinkedIn now has become more like a social a social channel similar to like a, I don't know, like Facebook, Instagram type of thing. So like the conversation there can be way more casual Mm. way that I like will, you know, send over info or send over like jokes. I say LinkedIn for me is kind of like the go-to for, for humor. Okay. Now Caspian, I know you're quite the opposite. You like to include humor off the rip. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think it's important to be, to AJ's point, mindful of your audience and mindful of um, who it is that you're speaking to. But I do enjoy injecting a little bit of humor and personality, even into those first touch emails. Um, Now it tends to, again, to AJ's point, I'll start slower. So it might be some silly puns, right? If I've sent them, sometimes I, I might send people a gift if, if I'm able to like get enough information on them. Um, and I might make a pun like, thought I'd try to take a page out of a more unique book, in parentheses, lame pun intended, right? Kind of poking fun at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you can begin to use humor to tie a personal interest of theirs to your company's value prop, right? If mm-hmm. they love dogs, you can say, hope I'm not barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> truly, it is an art. And and some of the puns are pretty cheesy. But I, I think when, if you have value, um, and if you have a great reason for reaching out, humor can be that cherry on top. Humor shouldn't be the cake. There always needs to be a cake, if you will, of value and uh, well-done research. And humor can kind of help all of that information pop a little bit more. I like it. So humor is kind of like the connecting web of it all. Uh, so that way it really hits home. That yeah. That is a great point point out. Now, I want to hear from our audience. Do you guys use humor in your cold emails? Are you just kind of more cut and dry, which it converts, you know? Or do you like to use more humor and see where it lands you? We'd love to hear from you all, and we can break some of this down even further. Now, AJ, I saw someone here in the chat. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chip actually said, what about the subject line, which is a point of ours. What about the subject line? What do you like to do for your subject lines? I I have been trying a bunch of different things. I feel like outreach has to like continuously evolve. And the things I was doing six months ago, like doesn't work nowadays. So you have to change it up. I like to put things in the subject line that think about like how swamp these people's inboxes get. Like we have swamped inboxes as like the person that's doing the outreach. 
So the person that's getting that outreach is probably like so overwhelmed and you want them to click your, your email out of, let's say the other 50 that they have like in their morning. So I like to put something that's like really hat, really catchy or like really something that's going to pique their interest and show me that like I did some research on their company or even like I know people at their company. Mm. No. Okay. Like sales, sales navigator from LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, that is usually the go-to for research. So mm-hmm. it, it can be tough to point out. And this actually brings us to a really good point that Michael made in the chat. And he said, my sales research sells that prospects are less interested in what you know about them versus what you know about their competitors or customers. Do you agree? Caspian, do you think that's true? I, I think that that's true. I think where you incorporate that information is important, though. So mm. different people have different opinions. I think that that can be something great to call out in the body of the email. And, and if well done, you can put it in the subject line. I tend to think of subject lines kind of like the thumbnail to a YouTube video, right? Um, if there's a compelling, you know, Mr. Beast, I think, has attributed a lot of his success on YouTube to having really compelling uh thumbnails because it makes people intrigued about, hey, what could this be about? Mm -hmm. The subject line of an email functions in a similar way where you're optimizing for an open. It's up to you once you get their attention, what you're going to do with it in the body. But for me, I try to put as unique of information as briefly as possible in the subject line. So what I mean by that is if I know my prospect did uh, crew and was in a fraternity and their sales team has grown, might sound a little bit odd, but the subject line could be, um, you know, crew, Delta SIG, 20% sales growth, right? They, they, they might be a little bit confused, but the chances are that they'll be intrigued enough to open. They'll say, oh, well, you know, that, that describes me. I'm curious what this person's going to say. Once you get their attention again, it's up to you where you go from it. But I love the call out of bringing in information about their competitors. And I think that that can be done in the body as well as the sub- subject line. But I tend to save that for the body myself personally. Okay. Now, AJ, I saw that you included something here in the chat that was very interesting. And it's use chat GPT, which has been a very big controversial yeah. uh, point. Uh, why do you like using something like this? Um, is it for creativity? I just want to make sure I'm on the good side of AI. So when they come, <laughs> I'm like, I'm set. No, I think... Um, I mean, I think it can just like stir up a lot of um, a lot of unique things. I had a call the other day with a a guy at a marketing company, and he was like, "I'm a one man band. I need to like spit out content and things like that." And he was like, "I've done 13 blogs this past week or the past two weeks, and I've used ChatGPT to write them." So he's like, "I've given it a prompt. It'll spit something out. I do a little bit of editing, and I can send it over." And so things like that, I think, like you can use maybe not even chat GPT in particular, but there's so many tools out there now, a lot of them free that you can use just to like, like make your own content, make your own things that are going to resonate with people. And Michael in the chat actually said something. I think it was, no, it was William. Sorry. William in the chat said something just kind of like about like, how do you scale? You know, like, so if you're super personalizing one email, it's like, you have to send a ton of emails, right? Using these different types of tools, I think, is really helpful and finding a way to be like as efficient as possible to scale all that, I think is is like something that everyone kind of has to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where including templates can help you out. Yeah. So understanding where you can segment different parts of your cold email in the framework 
and just getting the research compiled beforehand. And then you just plug and play. You plug it in, you send it out. You plug it in, you send it out. It can really improve your efficiency. Now, mm-hmm. Caspian, I know that you actually had some great cold email examples here for us. Do you mind breaking these down? Not at all. No, I am. Uh, and I will call out, these are definitely not the greatest emails ever written. They're a little long, uh, but <laughs> it resulted in meetings, which as an SDR is always, you know, is always great. So as I mentioned, uh, let me call out firstly, this first one was the result of a gift. So I had done some research on a prospect, found on Facebook that they really liked Game of Thrones. They'd visited some of the places where it was filmed. And so I sent them a Game of Thrones book about the show, not one from the series, but one that was kind of like a making of the show type book. So, uh, you know, I mentioned, hey, USPS mentioned they delivered your gift, all that. The first part's um, just telling them that I sent a book. One line is, is it's definitely not the greatest metaphor ever, but this is me trying to bring in a little bit of humor, a little bit of personalization and relating their personal interests to my company's value prop. And so I would, if people are going to read one line of this email, I would just say the, what is that? The fourth paragraph where I say, just as the Starks need to unite the North in pursuit of the Iron Throne, consistent execution across sales, sales ops, and sales enablement is key <laughs> to success of the go-to-market org. Because admittedly, it was a stretch. I remember writing it and I was like, does this make sense? And I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I spoke <laughs> with my brother afterwards, who's like super into Game of Thrones. And he was like, I don't know if that like metaphor carries over, but you know, I watched the show. I loved it. And I thought that it made sense enough to include in an email. And again, is it a little goofy? Yes. But am I... Um, again, I don't have a lot of statistics in here, but I know that this person I'm reaching out to comes from a gone customer. So I am kind of re-warming them up, if you will. I'm not going super data heavy. I'm relating it more to their personal interests and getting gone back on their radar. So admittedly, if this was a different situation, I would have used different language and maybe been more data heavy. Um, but I was... I wanted to kind of get going back on their radar and just warm them up personally. So fortunately it worked and, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal meeting. And the person responded like right away. And this was to a CRO. So it was love very- to hear that. And, and how you used humor as the connecting point towards that call to action, which is that meeting uh, is great. And I'm already seeing here from, from the question we asked earlier that only 39% to actually equally 39% said sometimes or no, they don't use humor. So Everyone, this could be a great opportunity for you to start including this in your cold emails to just work with, use it as a way to flow into your next points more easily with with uh, eye-catching uh, hooks, essentially, in, in, your, in your cold emails. Great to see. So with the next example that you had here, can you break this down for me? Absolutely. So again, this was these both just happened to be gift-related uh, emails, but there was a time when I was really into strategic gifting and, and still am to a certain extent. Uh, this person I noticed played basketball in college. And so I wanted to figure out a way to kind of relate basketball to uh, what it is that that Gong does. And so, again, I had sent them a book um, really just because, and it's funny, he mentioned that um, he was actually gifted by a lot of people all at once, but that mine wow. stood out, which was great. Um, I was like, must be nice, you know, getting like 12 packages. Um, but I remember at the time thinking that, you know, oh, maybe this isn't, um, maybe this isn't like 
quite professional enough, but I did enjoy even in the first paragraph saying like how Gong helps sales leaders like yourself dunk on the competition, you know, <laughs> later on in my call to action, I say open to letting me shoot my shot. Um, trying to think here. Yeah. And then of course, Gong does relate well to a sports analogy in terms of like watching back game tape. So it's, it's great for a broad sports reference, but my point is none of these, you know, jokes or puns, if you will, are going to make someone like fall out of their seat laughing. Uh, but my my hope is that they at least make the email interesting enough to read for mm-hmm. the for the reader to get to the next point and ultimately consider, hey, this person's put a lot of time, effort and energy and doing research on me and my company. And they think that their product or service can help me. Let me open myself to that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Again, would I love to like be hilarious over email? Yes, but I think just not knowing how someone's temperament is, it's just sprinkle it in uh, and make the email interesting to Mm -hmm. read. But again, it's not the, it's not the meat and potatoes of the email. It's the, it's the added salt, you know, it's the, it's the extra little something. Now, AJ, do you think there's a, there's a point here kind of like Caspian's making that it's more about whether or not they read the actual email? Uh, Have you found that when your when your emails are actually read all the way through, that you're more likely to get a reply. Oh, absolutely. And I think like the point of a lot of these emails, obviously the end goal is like to book a meeting or, or close a deal, right? And like generate revenue. But I think a lot of these emails, it's really just like kind of like warming someone up enough to hear your actual value prop, right? It's like, all right, this guy is like not gonna overwhelm me with a pitch. He's not gonna like, you know, just like, hawk me down. Like I'm open to hearing what he says. Cause clearly he's researched me. Clearly he knows that there's a value prop here and they've worked with a lot of other customers that like, maybe that could be relevant for us. Like maybe I should take a demo and just maybe even like learn a little bit more and see if this mm. is good for our company. This is great to hear. And you know, this brings me to my next point, which is about LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. we know that LinkedIn can be a challenge. We got cold email down, but let's hear more about LinkedIn because I don't know if it's done correctly, to be honest. <laughs> so when it comes to LinkedIn, AJ, is there anything you like to do in your first message? Yeah, not pitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, it's crazy to me. Like one, one, I think it's just like, it's so off-putting when you do that to someone and to like, I get it all the time in, in my inbox and I'm like, that's insane. Like, you know, like, I don't know anything about you. There's no value prop. It's just like almost like a spray and pray. So honestly, I like to go in with knowing that a lot of people are doing that with like adding someone and saying something sort of like, like, Hey, Stephanie, happy or like, would love to connect. I promise I won't pitch you here. And a lot of times you'll get a response like, LOL, thanks so much. Uh, And then you can just kind of follow it up. Like, of course, like I sent you over some emails. If they resonate, let me know happy to have a further conversation or something like that. Like you're breaking the ice there and letting them know, like, I'm not going to jump down your throat. Like I'm just trying to like, you know, connect and put a face to the name. That is great. And Caspian, do you like to do the same? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So I, I love that by the way, AJ, I think it's so important to be conversational and to your earlier point, LinkedIn really has changed, especially in the last five or so years with what I'll say a migration of especially millennials from Facebook to other platforms. LinkedIn is becoming more what I'll call traditional social media. So it's it's fine to be a bit uh, more casual, but 
to your point uh, or, to, or to the question, normally in my initial connection request, I don't include anything unless there's a really specific reason for why. So for the two yeah. examples earlier where I have gifted someone, I will just say, Dawn, hope you're enjoying the basketball book. Smiley face, Caspian. It's just making sure that they know that it is like, oh, Caspian, okay, book. Like, you know, in my mind, the, the day they get the book, they're probably a little confused. It comes, some of them give you the option to write a little note. Um, but if not, then they've gotten this book. They don't know who it's from. They get this email with the subject line. Did you get the basketball book? And then if they go on LinkedIn, they see, Hey, you know, Don, hope you're enjoying the basketball book. The goal is that they know it's me. And then it's up to mm -hmm. them. What I like about that is if they choose to accept my LinkedIn connection request at that point, it sounds like maybe they're open to a conversation. Maybe they're not, but they know exactly who I am. If I haven't sent them a gift, or if I don't have a reason for putting something in the connection request, I just add them with nothing. And then I begin to build a relationship, which I can talk a bit more to. But to AJ's point, being casual and being conversational and not pitch slapping, I think is so important. This is great to hear. So building a little value. And if you are going to pitch slap, at least have them know who you are and provide some substance beforehand, because then it's more likely to land, which brings me to a great question for our own audience. Do you guys pitch on your first LinkedIn message? It's okay if you do. Just let us know. Like, it's all right. <laughs> uh, as you heard here, it could land. <laughs> it could work. So it's all right if you do. Uh, dude, I'm really curious to know from, from our audience, Does this is this something that resonates with you? So AJ, when it comes to building a brand, um, mm -hmm. how has that helped you on LinkedIn when it comes to your messaging? I think like building a brand on LinkedIn, one, it's completely free. It's like, there's no cost to you to like build recognition around your name, around your brand, around any of that stuff. And like Caspian said, it's like really like threading those thoughts together. So when someone, you know, you get an email from this person, it's like, I feel like I know who this person might be. And then you add them on LinkedIn. They're like, oh yeah, I've seen this person's content before. And it just like makes people way more receptive and one to add you back. And then two, like you're an expert in your space, right? So if you're like posting about things that are relevant to your product, to your industry, whatever it is, like people are more open to having a conversation with someone that they know is like, you know, one, they can engage with their content more. And two, like they know that they, they know that they know their industry. So it's like, it, it's free and it really only adds value. I get so many shouldn't say so. That sounds like a flex, but <laughs> I get a lot of inbound leads, like just straight through LinkedIn, like people like, Hey, I saw, you know, X, Y, and Z content curious as Chili Piper might be able to help out with that. Like, could we set some time to talk? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And that's a free meeting for me. It's like, I don't have to do anything. Wow. That's very impactful. And Caspian, have you seen that this has been the same circumstance for you? Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think, and I'll call out that I benefit from the fact that I sell to sales leaders at Gong. Yes, so mm -hmm. my content is inherently relatable right now. I, of course, I'm writing more from the SDR side of things, but if, if I'm writing, you know, if I'm making jokes about be, what it's like being an SDR and SDRs from the company that I'm prospecting begin to like my content, or if the VP of sales after connecting with me sees a specific um, piece of content that he likes, it can open them up to a conversation that they might never be open to. Uh, again, you know, not to, uh, it, it's not, 
it doesn't happen every cold call, but there have been cold calls where I say, hey, you know, it's gasping come from gong. And they're like, oh, look, I saw your meme on LinkedIn like that, you know, <laughs> loved it. And, and again, would it be great if that happened more often? Sure. But in the few times that it's happened, it just builds some instant rapport and helps break down some of the awkwardness and tension that can be a part of cold calls. And um, yeah, again, I will say, I think that it is, it's been very beneficial, but I will call out that I benefit from having an audience or having a, um, the group of people that I sell to is salespeople. So I have that extra layer of relatability, which I might not have and might not benefit from as much if I was selling to VPs of engineering. Okay. Now I know that a lot of people hear about building a brand on LinkedIn, but they just find it very daunting. They're like, what do I do? And I want to know from our audience, put a one in the chat. If that's been the case for you, you want to start building, but you just don't know what to post. You know, I've been there and put a two. If you guys are trying, you're, you're posting more and you're really trying to build that brand. We'd love to see some of these. I'm already seeing some ones and twos. Looks like a little bit of a mixed bag here. Uh, so it can be tough. AJ, for anyone trying, uh, what do you recommend they just start posting? I think like content tailored to the people that you're trying to sell to or like your audience that you're trying to to kind of like engage is going to be important. Like Caspi and I both sell to sales leaders, marketing leaders. Like if I'm posting something that's like very like IT engineering related, like my audience isn't going to really resonate with that. And the people that I'm connecting with aren't really going to resonate with that. Mm. So I think keeping your audience in mind when you're posting things and when you're like creating content or just like engaging with other people's content, like think about the audience, think about who's going to see that. If you're con if you're commenting on like a VP of engineering and you're selling to engineers, like that's going to kind of have a trickle down effect where those people are engaging with your content. Now it's like building that audience based on the people that you sell to. All right. Now, how about research? Caspian, I know you like to send LinkedIn connection requests, but you like to do a little bit of research beforehand. Can yes. you tell me what that looks like? And I know you have an example here for us uh, if you want to break it down. Here, let me Absolutely. I would be I would be happy to. So two different examples, and I, and I can share um, info on both. Really, I will say um, it's important to understand as much as you can about your prospect. And some prospects share more of their life on LinkedIn and on social media than others do. I just want to call that out. So this first example uh, was someone who I would consider was like kind of like a LinkedIn influencer, like she had over 10,000 followers and she posted regularly, which made it very easy for me, number one, to understand what she was focused on and also to warm up the relationship. Let me be clear. I think that DMs can be great, but you can warm up relationships with people if they're posting by liking and then also commenting on it. And ideally, yeah. you know, it, it, if it can be a thoughtful comment, that is always best. But sometimes I think the pre-work before a DM is almost just as important as the DM. So mm. I'll put that to one side. In this specific case, this was a VP of business development who was about to go to an in-person trade show, which, you know, in a, in a post-COVID world is kind of new again, right? Doing things in person. So here in these examples, I am not talking about Gong at all. I am truly thinking, hey, I have one opportunity to hopefully provide something of value to this person and begin a conversation and begin a relationship. So I related my message exactly to what she had just posted, which was, hey, so you're going to this trade show next week. Thought you might enjoy this article about best in-person trade show practices. Hope you enjoy it, right? There's no, there's not really a call to action. And 
money. It's so that they, if they respond, it means that they are potentially opening open to continuing that conversation. And you just never know what they're going to respond with. In this case, she responded with, um, hey, thanks so much. Love Gong, by the way. I didn't mention Gong at all. Mm. And of course, again, a conversation that ultimately wound up, you know, uh, moving into meeting and, and deal cycle. But I would have never known that. Ultimately, I just wanted to truly provide her with some value and um, share something that I thought she might be interested in. Um, right. Is it helpful if I go on to the next example? I mean, it's it's pretty yeah, simple. Yeah. The second example, also very similar, um, but this person posted a lot on LinkedIn and had just moved companies. So it was VP of sales ops at one company, Big now one. VP of sales ops at another. And again, to be honest, the article is pretty basic. You know, it's kind of like general 30, 60, 90 day uh, best practices in a new role. But again, I thought hey, I have one shot to begin a conversation and to hopefully provide something of value. And similarly, this person said, Hey, well, like, love this super familiar with Gong, like, and then began asking me some questions about how the platform had evolved since they last saw it in action. So you never know. Um, and I think it's good to build relationships and again, take a more conversational approach as AJ's called out earlier. Fantastic. And AJ, when it comes to sending a connection request, do you normally send them blank or do you add in a little pizzazz? What do you think? I say, honestly, it depends on like who it is. So if it's like my, like, for example, I, I would say like my main, my main, like ICP would be like a demand gen director or something like that sorts. For those people, I might include like a connection request or like a, a some like text in it. Most of the time, I would say if it's like other folks at the company, I'll just like send the connection request, see if they accept it. And at that point, it's like they've sent this, they've accepted it, maybe lead with a little bit of value then like Caspian did. Like, I think that's that's brilliant because you're not really mentioning anything about the company. You're talking about them. You're not saying like, hey, do you want a meeting? They're just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is cool. And then they might be like, what, so what is this like about? Or what does X, Y, and Z do? Mm. And then that opens up the gateway to like, Hey, do you want to take a meeting like, or a conversation? Yeah. Fantastic. Now I'm seeing here that our audience is actually pitching on LI 13%. Only 13% of our audience is actually pitching on LI and 57% said no with 30% that said sometimes. With all of these cases, I think your chances of conversion will improve if you guys just lead with value to begin with. So if you're pitch, pitching in the first message, send a cold email that provides value. A cold, a cold call that provides value. A lot of different avenues before you send the initial pitch that'll improve your chances. So let's talk about where you can actually use humor correctly. AJ, I know you had a great example here for us. Can you break this down for me? What What is this exactly? Yeah, this is for all my uh, Soprano fans. Hopefully there's a lot of you guys in the chat, but I'll, uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll send like, you know, like a gift along when a deal has stalled or if, you know, you're waiting to hear back from the decision maker, they haven't said anything. That's like a great way to just kind of like move things along. Hey, just sending over a gift. And then I like to include just like something funny in it, kind of break the ice because they know you're a seller trying to get an update, right? You're like, hey, I sent you a gift card. Did you get it? And they're like, yeah, this is where we are in the deal cycle. It's just kind of breaking the ice a little bit and like sending something fun that is going to make them like laugh and maybe respond is the ideal goal. Like, hey, got your gift card. This is where we're at with procurement. You know, excited to start working with you guys or something like that. 
Love that. And this is actually hilarious. As Sherry mentioned in the chat, it is really funny. How'd you, <laughs> how'd you know that this was going to resonate with your, your prospect? I didn't. Um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> a, I'm like 90% of your emails aren't going to get responded to anyway. So like, why not shoot your shot? Like Caspian said. Mm. Uh, but I think also like feeling out like, if you can check out their LinkedIn, if they engage with certain kind of content, you can kind of get a sense of like how this person might be um, from a very high level, right? And so I think like understanding that a little bit is like, okay, this kind of opens the door for me to like use something a little bit funny um, and hopefully it resonates. If it does, they'll respond. If not, worst case scenario, you're just where you started where they're not gonna respond anyways. <laughs> okay, so just worth the shot. You got nothing to lose. Exactly. So, Caspian, how about when it comes to finding their interests, how do you dig deeper to understanding, okay, I'm going to send them this gift, right? Yep. You, you mentioned that gifting has worked in the past for you. How do you know that it might land and what humor do you include? Because you know, it's going to land. How do you find this, these interests? Yeah, really good question. So <clears throat> there's, um, I think that I actually think gifting is an underutilized, uh, is sure. an underutilized um, method of outreach. Normally, I try, you know, start on LinkedIn. Um, you'd be surprised what people put in their bio. They might say, "Hey, when I'm not, when I'm not leading the sales team over at XYZ Company, I'm enjoying walking my dog and going on hikes with my family." Right within like two sentences, you know, they enjoy hiking. You know, they enjoy dogs, um, and you can use that as a basis for a gift. There's nothing in their bio going, this might sound kind of odd, but going to their college, um, now not in SalesNav because SalesNav doesn't show activities in societies from colleges, but going in LinkedIn uh, to where they show their college, it'll show if they were part of the rowing team, if they were a part of the basketball team, or if they were a part of a specific uh, fraternity or sorority. And then finally, um, if you go, you know, if there's nothing there, you can also go to their interests and see now... LinkedIn calls them top voices, mm -hmm. formerly known as influencers. Uh, but if someone follows Simon Sinek, you can send them a book uh, written by Simon Sinek. Um, there are, I actually give a training on this. So there's there's different tiers of personalization, but the three main areas where you'll find info on LinkedIn are their bio, their college, and their interests. If there's nothing there, if you really want to dive deep and be mindful of this, because you yeah, there's a there's an art to this, but sometimes people have uh their profile public on Facebook. So you can go and see if, if they're on Facebook and sharing a lot of info about how they love doing runs, right? Then you know that they enjoy running. So, uh, you know, simple Google search will help you find a bit of information, but even three minutes on their LinkedIn page, you can probably find some good nuggets uh, that you can use to, to gift. And I can go into more like what to gift when you're gifting, but that's normally where I look to find good information about them. I didn't mean that. I learned from that. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point out. I like how you broke it down into three main areas mm -hmm. that you can find uh, some interests that you dig deeper and then know it's a send. So I see that we have a little bit of time here for Q&A. Guys, if you have a question you really love, be sure to upvote it right now because we are going to transition into Q&A. So let's get right into it. Julia asks, what time during the day do you recommend sending cold emails, AJ? Um, I never think there's like uh, the best time, right? Like every any time that someone's going to respond is the best time. I like to send them out like I'll, I'll kind of scatter them throughout the day. So I like to try and be like maybe one of the first people in their inbox. I feel like if you're like me, you wake up, you check 
what happened overnight. You'll see an email. If it resonates with you, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I feel like I don't get responses from those, but I'll get a lot of opens. So they'll open it early in the day and then they'll be like, oh, that was a good email. Let me check that out again. Um, Also, like towards the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people are kind of just like, you know, they're, they're kind of trailing their day down. They get an email that makes sense. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Let me respond to this or let me book this for like later this week. Um, so yeah, I personally, that's what I think. I think in the middle of the day, like if you're anything like most people, you're swamped in the middle of the day, checking new emails, responding to new emails is usually something that I personally don't do. And I feel like a lot of buyers probably don't do. All right. This makes perfect sense. And when it comes to the, um, I like how you said that you're usually using the end of the day or the beginning of the day. Uh, these are the two areas where it's in your mind. Like first thing, let me check my my email right away. So I see a question here that's asking, what? How do you find your prospects' address, Caspian? How do you go about this? Oh, good question. Uh, so. There's two websites that you can use. And I got to be honest, it's a little bit unsettling how easy it is to find someone's address. Um, but the two that I use, one is one requires a subscription, one doesn't. White pages. Um, it's kind of like the old school yellow pages, but just online. Um, that requires a subscription. Uh, true people search doesn't. So they have this, again, it's literally truepeoplesearch.com or whitepages.com uh, is what you can use to find people's addresses. And truly, again, I I know it's a bit unsettling, but you can basically put in someone's name and their location, which you can find on LinkedIn, like San Francisco Bay area. And normally you'll be able to find, um, you know, generally, you know, what their address might be, but you can also reverse search their phone number. So if you already have a data scraping tool, like a, you know, Zoom Info or Elite IQ that you can that you know their cell phone number from, you can use that to search as well. Uh, and again, I will admit it's it's odd, but I think my prospects sometimes think that I'm like going through like old receipts, you know, calling up like schools and stuff. And it's no, it takes like less than three minutes. So people <laughs> white pages uh, is, is all that it is. A <laughs> little bit scary, but very beneficial. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know it, it sounds creepy. Like I've been on the receiving end of probably of all the gifts I've sent, I've gotten less than five negative responses. So I will say like, can it happen? Sure. But I have sent a phenomenal amount of gifts and it happens like people being put off less frequently than you think. So Sarah here asks, do you like using SalesNap or regular old LinkedIn? Also, are you sending voice notes, AJ? Yeah, I absolutely love SalesNap. I think it gives you like so much insight into, I mean, you one, you can see like just from the insight tab, like you can see if they've grown their company, if they've laid off their company, you can mention something like, hey, notice like you're marketing team has shrunk. Like, does that mean you're trying to do more with less? This is how other companies are doing more with less that we work with. So you can really like get an insight into like how things are going at their company or, Hey, you just grew your sales team by 20% in the last six months. Does a tool like X, Y, and Z make sense? Um, I do like using voice notes mainly because sometimes it's just way quicker and they can understand, like you can hear from them or you can, they can hear your voice. They can understand like you know, that you're just trying to like make a quick conversation. So I would totally recommend, recommend that anything that really, really you can do, you're not necessarily like trying to be super unique. You just need to be more unique than the other salesperson reaching out. Right. So it's like anything that you can do that stands out against what your SDR or AE at your competing, competing company is doing. 
like that's a leg up, right? Because if they have that pain and they need to solve it, they're going to be like, well, I like working with this guy better than I like working with this person. Mm, I like that. So we are actually at the tail end of our show. So thank you so much to everyone for putting in your Q&A and your questions. If we did not get to it, we do have the Sell Better hotline that we will be submitting these questions to. So be on the lookout for your question, because we will be answering it by our trainers and releasing it on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. So be on the lookout for that. It will be answered. Thank you so much to our guests, AJ Caspian. This has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for joining us. And of course, to our audience, thank you so much for attending and we will catch you on the next one. Peace out.